Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Psalm chapter 8. This psalm is fascinating because we find it in the New Testament in two real prominent places. In Hebrews chapter 2, we find this psalm being quoted by the writer of Hebrews to refer to not only humanity, but also to Jesus Christ. And we also find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in Paul's discussion about the resurrection of the dead and the triumph of Christ. But as we turn to this psalm, we realize it was written by King David. And this is the first real hymn in the book of Psalms, something to be sung. Now, this psalm is a little different than other hymns. Usually when you find a psalm in the Old Testament that's a hymn to be sung, say in a temple a worship service, in a temple liturgy, there'll be a call to worship. But this psalm starts off with the phrase, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And at the end of the psalm, you get the same verse repeated in verse 9. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So it bookends with this praise directly to God. So it kind of sets apart the psalm. It's a little bit different. But this is a beautiful psalm. This is a lot of people's favorite psalm in the book of the Bible, rightfully so. So let's read this and then talk about the main components of this psalm today. So we're going to read through all nine verses. This is the English Standard Version translation, Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes, to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with honor and glory. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands and have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the seas, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. So we'll notice some things that are really important. First of all, like I said, Verse 9 and verse 1 bookend with that statement of praise. Lord, how majestic is your name. Verse 4, though, is the key to this psalm. Right in the very middle of this psalm, there's this question that the psalmist asked. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Why does God care so much for humanity? We live in a time where we realize that uh, the worth of being a human being is, is being belittled. Uh, that if we're just, you know, some type of evolutionary goo with no purpose and no creator, then really we're, we're no special than fish in the sea or uh, animals in the field. We're really no more special than our household pets. What makes human beings so different? Why does God care about us so much? The Bible answers this question in a lot of different ways. You can look throughout scripture like John 3.16 and it says, that we're special to God. He, he loves us so much because he gave us his son. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, it says God uh, sees us as special. He gave us his law. And so because of that, uh, we are special to God. In Psalm 139, we're told that we're special because, because God 
carefully created and crafted us. But Psalm 8 takes a different slant and says that we can know that God cares for us because he gave us dominion over creation. This is called the dominion mandate. Psalm 8 is riffing off of Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. In the very beginning, Adam and Eve were put in the garden. The man was given dominion over the garden. Now that dominion was not to to be a tyrant, but that dominion was to serve and protect God's good creation. Man was to be a kingly figure, to have dominion, but also be a priestly figure to reflect God's glory, to back to God, but also out to creation. As N.T. Rott talks about an angled mirror, as we worship God, we reflect God's glory back to him. But as an angled mirror, we reflect God's glory into the creation too and bring God's good and just rule to this world. But Adam threw all that away. He threw it away and gave control basically to the evil one, to the serpent, to Satan. And we find later in the Bible, in Hebrews chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians 15, that Jesus Christ will be the true Adam. He'll be the Adam that really does what God called the first Adam to do. And when we look at the dominion that God called us to, we should look at Jesus Christ. His type of dominion is the dominion God wants mankind to have. In Jesus Christ, when you're a Christian, you have recaptured that place as having dominion in God's good creation through the reign of Christ. So Jesus Christ is the one that that finds the ultimate fulfillment to Psalm 8. It's really neat. He says that in the beginning, God created man a little bit lower than the heavenly beings. This would be the angels. But eventually we'd be exalted. There would be this growing up and maturation where, you know, if we go back to the garden, God's original plan was Adam would, would take his dominion into the whole creation. He will gardenize the planet. But like I said, he failed in that miserably in that task. So Psalm 8 is a celebration of the dominion mandate. It's a celebration of creation. Imagine someone goes out on a starry night and they look at the host of heaven and they're just blown away by what they see. God's majesty, God's glory in creation. And then he is just baffled saying, okay, God, you created this beautiful creation, this wonderful wonderful creation. It's, and you're so majestic. And then you exalt us, human beings. You gave us this responsibility to have dominion over the world. Now, many theologians have debated about how that looks today. I would say one way that we carry out God's dominion mandate, that in Jesus Christ, we have the call to go and make disciples. We're called to disciple the entire world. We're called to bring the entire world under the subjection of Jesus Christ, to go and teach people all that Jesus has said. Now, that doesn't mean we go and force people Uh, to follow Jesus Christ, we go and we proclaim the gospel and we preach the gospel and we teach. So the church has this, in a sense, uh, part of this dominion mandate is for us to go and disciple the nations. Uh, It it is recaptured and reclaimed in Christ. There's also this forward-looking aspect of exaltation that we're really not going to truly find the fulfillment of these promises and this ideal until the new heavens and the new earth. One day, and this is what 1 Corinthians 15 is talking about, that all enemies will come under subjection to Christ as the Son of Man, and the last enemy to be destroyed will be death. We will receive new resurrected bodies, and we will live in the new heavens, the new earth, and in the 
creation mandate will come to its fulfillment at that time when God consummates all things and makes all things new. So with that in mind, let's go back and read our psalm again. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes. To steal the enemy and the avenger, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. And we can say amen to that. We can ask that question today. God, why are you so mindful of us? And we are reminded with the answer of Psalm 8, because he has given us dominion and authority. And this dominion and authority is a an act of service and care for this world. So let us go out in the spirit of Christ and make disciples of the nations. Bring the knowledge of Jesus, as Isaiah prophesied, that the knowledge of the Lord would fill the earth as the waters fill the ocean and the sea. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day as you contemplate this psalm, and I hope to see you back tomorrow.